are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. It's a great joy to be in church today. And all God's people said, Amen. What a great crowd. In elementary chapel, the school, we sing, If you're saved and you know it, say amen. On the parking lot, we sing, If you're saved and you know it, honk your horn. Good. Way in the back, the red truck, Bulletelli. Flash your lights. Can you see? Can you hear? He's not doing anything. Brother Tully, you back there? Tennessee? Flash the lights. Can you hear me? He's not doing anything. We'll have to see. Today, it's a warm day. These people are in the shade. They're cool. We'll have blankets for you a little bit. These folks are it's like an oven. And uh, tents are ordered. We'll get them here. You'll be sheltered. And uh, Lord willing, we're not out here in the winter, but if we are, we'll have snow and rain and sleet, whatever it is. You know, I don't know how long we're out of that beautiful auditorium, but I do know that whatever rules come down, we're still going to assemble together like we are today. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And I, I want to say that uh, this church is so resilient We've been for 45 years together, and we've seen God do some wonderful things in hard times, difficult times. This is no different, and God will still win great victories, and I hope you know that. If you were not here, by the way, tonight, 6 o'clock, the sun goes down at 6 minutes after 7. You might start a little warm. I'll try to figure out what we can do to get fans or something over here. But it's going to be a beautiful fall night tonight, just breathtaking. Kids have got some color sheets and some activity sheets in there for you today and tonight. And then we have something here, a, a, a snack pack bag I see tonight that when you leave, I have juice in there and cookies in there and chips or whatever. And so you come tonight, about an hour, hour and ten minutes. If you missed last Wednesday night, you missed a service of a lifetime. And I know there's work, and I know some of you are visiting from other cities and states, uh, but last Wednesday night, the touch of God was so powerfully here. The sound system was like, just perfect. The weather was beautiful fall night. Pastor Cooper, who was giving announcements from here, he is from West Virginia. West Virginians speak very slow and methodical. He's from West Virginia, but he doesn't. He speaks faster than I can think. I mean, it is amazing what he gave us last week in the Book of Revelation, and this week he'll be again. He spoke on heaven last week. What a service that was! Nothing like it. And uh, I got to sit in the car after a while with my wife and hear the preaching. And I, I, I tell you, I. I wanted to reach over. She was in the driver's seat. I just sort of slipped down here when he began to preach. And um, she took care of it all for me. Those were amens that I was right behind. And uh, I thank God for Brother Cooper. He'll preach this Wednesday night, Revelation 4, 8. 
I know the message already. We were talking about it, what he's going to preach. And 6.30 Wednesday night. Tonight, 6 o'clock, Wednesday night, 6.30. I see you out there, and I, I don't know what you're listening to. I hope it, it, maybe we'll get more speakers out here. Can you hear over here, folks? Perfect. Over here. Don't mean to, mean to interrupt your sleep or anything. But uh, back there, can you in that tent here? Good. There's a tent out front. We have teenagers out there. Folks are everywhere. And uh, it's a sign of a healthy church that can grow in adversity. God bless you. It's wonderful. Love you folks so much. I'm grateful to be your pastor. I'm grateful for these days. It's not what I would have ordered. But God knows these days. And he knows the best for us. I truly believe that we're experiencing a degree of revival. The enormous amount of men again last night that showed up for prayer. All this property kneeling and praying that God reached something in the dark of the night at 8 o'clock. Then every day, you'll, anytime you come by, you normally see people on the steps of here or the school. A lot of times mothers and their children, men are praying. Deacons come every night to pray. I've not organized that. They've done that on their own. And uh, we, we have to continue to give ourselves to prayer. These are crucial days for America. We're days away from election. We have two different extreme thoughts in our election. I want you to vote for the people that mirror righteousness the closest. With that means the sanctity of life. America, life, and the pursuit of happiness. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says, ye are your father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. Jesus represents life. Satan represents death. And I want you to know that you're going to have to look carefully. I like what Brother Pastor Cooper said. I want to know, a city council member, are you going to defund the police? I have no desire to support someone that will not stand behind the authority of the police in our community. And we're looking forward to your answer. And don't make it a political answer. Make it an honest answer. We want to know what you believe. We want, you to, know, we want to know what you believe about America and freedom and liberty and church. And church is open to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and no law against the church. It's what Iowa signed this past week. You cannot shut down a church. By the way, they never shut down during this sickness. They've stayed open. And in addition, they passed a law. You cannot pass a law against the church. I like that. Today, I want to continue where we began last week. Last week on Sunday night, we're on the subject of the rapture. By the way, I got to meet many of you. I just saw right over here. I met Rob and Cindy and their sweet kids here from Rivermark. They just said, thank you for what you believe in and stand for here. I appreciate neighbors like that. Our neighbors have been incredible. You know, I live right here in the neighborhood. And, um, and I'm so, I'm, I'm driving the streets I've lived in for, for 45 years. And um, I'm thinking, I wonder what my neighbors are thinking about me. Well, they're coming out of the woods, I tell you right now. And everywhere I go, they're saying, thank you, Pastor. We don't attend your church, but we love what North Valley Baptist Church is doing. 
And um, it's really a great encouragement to me. Great. I walked into a business this week. The owner said, wait a minute. Dave's never been to church here. Known him for years. He said, here's $300 for the church. Keep it open. Keep it going. And I'm so thankful for friends like that. Today I continue with you and the book of Revelation. And parents, um, if you need to, please, if you're in the driver's seat, if it's warm, and it probably is, just roll your windows up and turn your air conditioning on anytime during this four-hour message. That will not... <laughs> That, during this brief minute, that won't bother me if you want to turn your air conditioner on. Folks, don't run air over here if you can help it, all right? And uh, I, I, pre- I appreciate God's people. Well, let's bow for prayer. And today we begin a very sobering text. Because after the rapture of the church, the Bible says this, the rapture, the statute away. God has never poured out his wrath on his people. God gave a ship, a boat, and Noah was able to enter in. Anybody could because the wrath of God was going to be poured out in a worldwide flood. But it gave an option out before it came. God gave us an option to escape what is the next event after the rapture, the tribulation of Jesus Christ, where the Bible says he will pour his wrath out upon mankind. And I don't want anybody to have to spend that time in the wrath of God. It's a seven-year tribulation time. Today we begin in chapter 6 with the first seven seal judgments. I'd hope that you, if it's possible, you have the steering wheel, you have, it's difficult to keep your Bible open, but let's try to do it if you can. In those last days, Matthew 24, before we have prayer, Matthew describes it this way. He says that in the last days, in the day of the great tribulation, the Bible says the Antichrist shall come and deceive many. And many shall come in my name and deceive. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation. There shall be famines and pestilence. What is pestilence? It's viruses. It's diseases. Whether man made or God sent, pestilence will be part of the day. And earthquakes in divers places. They shall deliver you up. They shall afflict you. They shall kill you. These are this Matthew 24, but it mirrors what we see today over here in Revelation 6. Let's bow for prayer, please. Our Father, truly I do love these people so much. What a great church. What a great privilege to be called their pastor for these many, many years, 45. I thank you for them. And I pray that the greatest days for the North Valley Baptist Church, North Valley Baptist School, Golden State Baptist College, Revival Radio, the live stream, the greatest days would be yet ahead if you should tarry in your coming. But God, we believe it's very soon that you'll come again. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God shall sound first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the clouds, and where therefore shall we ever be with the Lord? Even so, we read, come quickly, and we believe that, God, we are nigh to the rapture of the church, 
and then begins the seven-year tribulation. As we look at that today, open our eyes, may people get saved like that man listening to the radio in North Carolina this week that called in. May people get saved in the hundred countries that are watching this morning and come to know Christ as their Savior before it's everlastingly too late. Bless our time together, we pray. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The text that we read today in verse number, chapter six, verse 15, God says in the tribulation, kings of the earth, great men, rich men, chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman and every free man, they hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and the mountains, and they said to the mountains, fall on us, hide us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For that great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? This chapter six and seven deals with the first three and a half years of the great tribulation. Daniel chapter nine, verse 27 shows us that. The Antichrist will rise. We'll see that in verse one and two. He'll come depicting peace and he'll come trying to negotiate peace and the world will fall for his peace accord. But after three and a half years of his lying to humanity, after three and a half years, the Antichrist will begin to war against the people living on planet Earth. There'll be bloodshed. There'll be a, there'll be a war like this world has never seen. There are seven, there, excuse me, three judgments we'll see in the weeks to follow. Judgment one is today where there are seven encompassed in that. They're called the seal judgments, the scroll judgments. Next, we find the seven trumpet judgments and trumpets sound an alarm. It's a warning call. Something bad is about to happen as you're at war with the Antichrist. And then the last one, with the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments or the vile judgments or the bowl judgment where God pours out a bowl of his wrath on mankind for the rejection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We find in the first one today, as you look at these first three and a half years, the Bible says in verse one, when I saw the lamb, chapter five, he introduced the word lamb. That's the Lord Jesus. I saw the lamb open one of the seals. Let me talk to you about the seals and then we'll get into them. The seals were found in chapter five. I hope this afternoon, if you could take some time, you read chapter five of the book of Revelation. The seals, what, what the Romans did when they were going to open the will of someone, they would write the will and then as a scroll, they would roll up part of it and then they would seal it on both ends. The seal, one day when they were gonna open the seal, did I just lose my sound? Are we okay? We're just checking, you can hear out there? All right, good, you just keep working on it, I'm fine. The seals would be given something like a stone and had to match the seal like we would have a, perhaps a, a combination or a, a seal that had been pressed together. It would have to match. They write more than the second seal. And then the third, there were seven of these. And in order to open the seal, 
You had to have the right to open it. The seal had to match. In the book of Revelation chapter 5, they searched through earth. They searched for heaven and they could not find a man who was worthy to open the seals. No one, no one, but they, they searched through heaven for a man. They forgot the Lamb, the Son of God, and he is worthy to open the seals. Now after the rapture, Jesus comes, and as he comes, he begins to open seal one, and seal one is found in verse one, and he opened the seals. I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, all through these 21 judgments, we won't cover them all this morning, there's always thunder, there's lightning, there's earthquakes, there's hail. It's a very frightening time. There's smoke, there's darkness, there's clouds. This week, finally, the smoke lifted. Wednesday night was really our first night to be where there was not smoke. It was, if you're not from this area, you've come in. It was gloom and doom. It just rested on this place for about three weeks. One day, I don't have a window in my office, but one day I walked out in the conference room. I looked out. It must have been about noon. It looked like it was pitch black here. It was so gloomy, so discouraging. And that's the day of the great tribulation where God is going to deal with with mankind because of the rejection. And the Bible says, I saw and behold a white horse. He that sat upon him had a bow. This is not Jesus. There's a bow but no arrow. This one, Antichrist, Daniel 9, he is coming to negotiate peace. And he'll have peace. It's an amazing thing as you read in the book of Joel get a chance, an opportunity to read Joel chapter 2, Zephaniah, Luke chapter 9, you're going to find that God's Word declares very clearly that this one is going to make peace, and he'll make it, Ezekiel 38, with Russia, and Russia will begin to, to have peace. Are you, are you there, have, have they been hearing, not been hearing? Okay, all right. Russia, thank you so much. Russia will begin to make peace with Israel. But Russia will collapse in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Ezekiel 38 and 39 tells us literally by name. Some of them were the old-fashioned names. They are modern-day Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, the Muslim countries, God says they are going to collapse during this first three and a half years. Russia collapses. The Muslim nations collapse. You say, I don't think you should be speaking on the internet that way. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. God tells us what is going to happen. And here, this one comes with a, a, a bow, but no arrow. I'm coming he imitates on the white horse the Lord Jesus. For Jesus will mount that white horse one day, but not this one. It's a false peace movement. It's the Antichrist movement. He's against God, but he's politically very sound, where he makes it sound so good. Election is coming, 
And I know we have scores of politicians watching right now. I've been contacted by so many politicians from D.C. and senators and attorney generals and the Oval Office. People have been caught. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to say whether you're Democrat or Republican or independent or socialist. I'll wait on that one for a minute. Our communist, God's people, the 25 million Christians that did not vote last time, you have a duty to vote righteousness. Comes to my mind right now, a little V-O-T-E, vote.gov, G-O-V. You can go home and in five, 10 minutes register today. I want you to know that you have a responsibility. The Antichrist, he is going to come and he's going to seek to make peace with Russia, the nations of the world. But in the half part, wait, Mark, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, he's going to break that peace accord. That's why you have the second one. The second scroll, as yes, it's open and the Lamb of God opens it. When I'd opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. The power that was given to him sat thereon to take peace from the earth that they should kill one another. And there was given him a great sword. Man will turn on man. They haven't experienced the real judgment of God. God's allowing them to have a false peace accord. God is allowing them to pass judgment and kill one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, when they shall cry, peace, peace, then cometh sudden destruction. Oh, yes, these nations will seek to invade Israel. It's not yet Armageddon. That's coming. But they will collapse because God will not allow it. They're going to take peace from the earth. This world is clamoring for peace. This world will give peace. About 30 years ago, I remember they said, a politician from Israel and Egypt said this, give us anyone, whether it be God or the devil, and we will negotiate peace. Oh, no, friend. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach. War comes, and with that war comes the red horse, comes the bloodbath, an unusual bloodbath. Notice what he says in verse number five. It's the third seal. It's famine, because famine generally follows war. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And behold, a black horse, he that sat on it had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four be saying a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of wheat for a barley. What is that all about? A man will work all day long for just enough food for himself, not even his own family. I was preaching in another country years ago, and I watched those dear people work all day long, all day just for a bowl of rice. Just a bowl, no meat. No vegetables, just a bowl of rice. 
Ladies and gentlemen, when famine comes and we're told even today that more children go to bed hungry at night than those that go to bed full at night. May all of us remember that as we pillow our head. Oh, there's coming a day where the famine, they'll be so hungry. People can fast a day or two or five or whatever it might be, and that's wonderful. But when every day after day after day after day, there's no food and the famine, that's the third, that's the third scroll. Let's continue with the scroll. Let's open it up a little more. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice, the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death and hell, following the power was given unto them over one fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword and with hunger and with death. I don't know how it affects you, but I don't want to see anybody suffer. I don't want to see any of these kids on the streets protesting, die and get shot, or any police officer get shot. How in the world can you rejoice? We have a little girl in our ministry, 20 years of age, that's clinging on to life in the hospital this morning. And the pain and the suffering she's had to go through, not COVID-related, by the way. And the family's been out in the parking lot. I remember when we reached her sister, probably 25, 30, 32 years ago, on our buses. We brought 1.5 million kids to church and their parents on these buses in the last 45 years. And this girl grew up and eventually went to our school and our people paid for her schooling. She went to our college, married a preacher. And today her sister is going through the struggle of her life, just trying to live. Doesn't it hurt you when you hear that someone heard the C word cancer this week? Someone gets gunned down. Someone like our sweet niece was killed in a car accident. Doesn't that burden you? One fourth of the world's population will die in this event. Oh, but our Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You say, how can a loving God allow this? How can a loving God prepare the trumpet and the bold judgments? How could God do that? Wait a minute. That's the next day. This is the day of grace. Today, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Don't say no to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. It's not the righteousness of a Baptist church, a Catholic church, a Methodist church. It's not in lighting candles. It's not in getting baptized. It's for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. I tell you why people go through the tribulation. They reject the love of God. For God, the Father made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. He who knew no sin, that we 
might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. How's a man declared righteous through Christ? It doesn't mean you're sinless. It does mean that you were saved by Christ's death on the cross and you placed your trust in him that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him, Jesus, from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I see the fifth seal, you're doing well. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw unto the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. There is going to be a spiritual revival in the tribulation. Not for you and I that heard salvation today. You will still reject. Second Thessalonians says, chapter 2, you'll be sent into strong delusion. You'll believe a lie. But there are people going into the tri tribulation. And God said... He's going to release 144,000 Jewish missionaries. They're going to preach the gospel, and people will get saved in the gospel. I may have quoted it last week. I believe I did. After this, I beheld, lo, a great multitude of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, crying, Whose are these? They say, and, who, and whence came they? These are they that came out of the great tribulation. They were martyrs and have washed their robes and have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You still have to get saved through Jesus Christ in the tribulation, but you'll pay for it with martyrdom. You'll die and they'll kill you for asking Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. If you choose not to have the mark of the beast, on your forehead or on your hand. You cannot buy nor sell. Oh, this is real business today. We are on the verge of eternity. I know my grandfather's, my, never saw my one. He was dead and passed away, her, my mother's parents before she even got married. But I heard he used to preach as a German. He was an immigrant to this country. Came by way of New York Harbor. My other grandfather, German, an immigrant, both all my grandparents born in 1887. And they came to this country, worked the farms, worked in the factory, and in their broken English they'd preach, but they'd preach in the German tongue in those churches in the Midwest. They'd preach about salvation. I can remember before my mother died, age 93, a few years before that, 91 she was. I said, Mom, tell me about your dad preaching. I never met him. She said, Honey, he used to preach about the rapture. He'd preach that Jesus is coming again. I believe he died in the 30s. And she said, He just believed that Jesus was coming again. Well, if in his generation he began to see things like he had seen, I wonder what he'd think about this generation. He's coming again. This very same Jesus who's been rejected of men. Do you know him today? These will be martyred. You're doing well. The sixth seal. I beheld he that opened the sixth seal. Lo, there was a great earthquake. 
the, what became, uh, the sun became black, the sackcloth and the moon became blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth. Can you imagine these poor people? And that's why they cry out at the end of this chapter, rocks, the great men, the rich men, the bondmen, the poor men. I want death. Bring death upon my life. Because it's awful earthquake that's going to come. Joel speaks of it as a time of anarchy. There'll be no freedom. There'll be no liberty. And now we get to chapter 7. Chapter 7 we won't cover because the seventh seal is about to be opened in chapter 8. Now I'll try to close quickly. I know you're warm, some of you, today. You know, fellas, I probably should get a clock up here. I have no idea what time it is. 11.20. Thank you, Brother Cooper. Apparently you want to go home and eat lunch, I guess. Two people want to eat. Come to the, his house, if you will, afterwards. He and his wife have lunch ready. They live at 666. Is that your address? Right next to me, that's exactly it. As we get to the last seal, all the commotion going on. Three and a half years, time of peace. And this entire chapter deals with those three and a half years. We pick it up next time where it's the last three and a half years. And if you think this is bad, it's going to get real difficult for people. All the commotion, the earthquakes, the thunders, the lightning, the hail, the fireworks, fires will ravage the earth. But you get to chapter 8. You know there's something about silence. For about 40 years, generally on a Monday and a Tuesday, I used to fly somewhere every Monday, Tuesday and preach somewhere in America, get back either through the night, Tuesday night when we used to have the late night flights or be here early in the morning on Wednesday. I could stay in a hotel room and I've stayed in so many by myself, it's not really too bad. Can you hear? But rarely does my wife ever leave. One on a few occasions she's left to go see family or whatever it might be, and I haven't been able to go with her. Though I have these big bulging muscles, notice they're all down here, they hang. I don't like staying alone. Do you know that houses make noises in the middle of the night? They creak and they crack. We have a refrigerator that makes ice and invariably that thing will start making noise in the middle of the night. I, um, I make sure that, how am I going to say this? I make sure that I'm well guarded. I have the alarm set, but the truth is, Brother Kirby, I'm a big sissy. I mean, 
I, I just, I hate staying alone. And recently, my wife in June, the, actually the night her dad died on the 28th of June, and the next day our granddaughter had that awful accident on the 29th. And I flew through the night on Sunday and got there right when they were loading her in the ambulance. The 10-year-old precious girl. When I stayed alone those nights, the silence would drive me crazy. I hated it. I hate, I hate quiet where it's totally quiet. Oh, to walk with God. I love that. I love to go out on the salt flats and drive my bicycle and just walk, drive out there on my bike and pray. Saying nobody hears you on the salt flats. I like when my wife's at home getting up through the night and going downstairs and reading my Bible and praying and trying to get some sleep between time. But silence bothers me when I'm by myself. All the commotion through the first six seals and now seal number seven. Notice what the Bible says in chapter eight. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about a half hour. For 30 minutes, millions upon millions in heaven are just quiet. The seventh scrolled seal was open. But what's next? The Lamb is on the throne. And there he sits. But what's next? The people in heaven are going to witness the next seven judgments called the trumpet judgments. It's going to get very difficult on planet Earth. If you have a mother that's lost or a dad that's lost, you must go plead with them about their soul. They say, well, they'll, they'll get mad at me. But what is that concern, concerning you when you think of eternity? I see Brother and Mrs. Sly here. They witnessed so many years to your dad. I think your dad is 91, 92, somewhere around there. Lives in San Diego. Their kids witnessed. They pled with them. He was getting ready to leave. He'd come to visit. He was always so kind to me. He's getting ready to leave to get on the plane the next day. and He's taking a walk by the old church building chest pains and he sat down he had to stay longer and brother Sly we were praying together for your dad's salvation we knew it was maybe what we thought was getting close he's still alive but Sly said pastor go to my house I remember I remember where your chair was where I was sitting and looking at your dad I said please I went through the plan of salvation your kids have told you this you must get saved. I was so brokenhearted for him. And I'll never forget his words. His son is Fred, Fred Sly. He said, Pastor, I'll do this for you and Fred. But you know what? He didn't need to get saved for Jack and Fred. He needed to get saved because it was a sinner that needed salvation. He paid his taxes. 
They had buried three sons, young in life. He knew something about sorrow. He worked a hard job, but he was lost. When he said, I'll do this for you and Fred, I've never done this before. I've never done it since. But so I remember that day coming over where he was seated, and I fell on my knees and said, oh, no. It was just God did it. You can't do it for me or for your son. You have to do it for you because you're going to die and go to hell for he's not willing that any should perish. He wants to be saved. I remember some tears in his eyes. I don't know, Sandy, if you were there, I think you were. I don't know if you saw it. But I remember he said, I know. I get saved. You know where he is this morning in San Diego? He's in church. He got saved that day. His life literally was changed. You have a mother that's lost. Do you have a dad that's lost? Do you have a brother or sister? you have a cousin, an aunt or uncle? God died for them. I am now at my message, but I'm out of time. I normally only preach 30 minutes. I wanted to give you the remedy of what we should do in this moment that we live. I'll save it for another time. Judgment's coming, God's people. He said, well, I came to church this morning. I, I needed an uplifting message. I needed something to inspire me. Friend, if the rapture and the tribulation doesn't inspire us to live for God, I wonder what kind of Christianity we have. I'm so glad. As a young boy in 1956, about 15 minutes from here, on that night I asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. I've not lived a perfect life. I wish I could have redos on conversations and decisions I've made. Though I failed him, he has never failed me. I want you to get saved. I want you, but more than that, God says he's not willing that you should perish. All right, no, you're in your cars and under these tents, and God bless you people. It has to be hot. I'm drenched up here. You sinners over here, you have to be just perfect. I appreciate you sitting out there and out there, way out in the back, back there in cars I can't even see. And folks out front, but are you saved? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.